Hello and welcome back to the Astro Read. We are your hosts, Stella and Nayeli. And this podcast is all about astrology, celebrity news, and how you can use astrology in your everyday life. Welcome back to our current subscribers and hello to all our new viewers tuning in today. If you're new and you like our content, please feel free to subscribe. We're looking to increase our number of subscribers by the end of this year. And we have close to 100 already, which has been great. And by continuing to gain subscribers, it allows us to continue making our content. And your comments give us ideas on what you're liking about our episodes and also ideas on future episodes. So keep those comments coming as well. right. In today's episode, we are catching cheaters. And I think this will be a topic that will be of interest to a lot of people. A lot of people use astrology to see if they could be a good fit for somebody. But did you know that maybe you could even see if somebody can be a potential cheater? Nothing is ever definitive with somebody's ability to cheat, but there's indications to look for. In this episode, we're going to give our tips on things to look for in somebody's natal chart that could indicate potential cheating. We'll give our quick tips on how to approach that. And most importantly, we're going to be analyzing some celebrity charts to see any indications of those celebrities that have been known to cheat and how it ties to their natal chart. So I guess before we get into the charts, Stella, I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on astrology's potential ability to catch cheaters? Do you think it's a thing? Do you think that people can use astrology to see if somebody could be a cheater? So I just want to throw out the blanket disclaimer with any astrology we analyze for entertainment purposes only. Always. The second thing I want to say is cheating is different for men and women. It's different for every relationship. I'm a big believer in Esther Perel's analysis of cheating, which is basically men and women cheat for different reasons. Men to cheat, men cheat to stay in relationships. Women cheat to explore relationships. But there's a lot of different, and I don't think that's her exact quote, by the way. I just, that's the analysis that I have. And basically you have to take it with a grain of salt with astrology, because as with everything, I analyze your natal chart, but you have the free will to interpret and take those tips and to exercise them as you please. I really am a believer in using astrology to manifest a greater experience in life in this life you're living. So, you know, whether you have a strong Gemini because Mercury is in the same sign, whatever indications you have in your chart to make it better are the same indications sometimes that can make it worse because you're ignoring your Mercury and Gemini and you're working in a career field, for example, that's totally unrelated to Mercury. Anyone with strong Mercury and Gemini should know maybe I should do something mercurial so I can take advantage of those signs. Now with cheating, it comes down to how evolved a person is with their charts or with their manifested life. We can look at someone with something that Nayeli talks a lot about with Venus in Gemini. (laughs) And that could indicate someone who likes multiple relationships or many relationships, especially if it's like Gemini in the seventh house type of energy, Sag rising. But what we want to make sure (laughs) is that we look at, hey, this person with Venus and Gemini, do they have a greater understanding of love? Are they asking themselves questions about love? Because that's Gemini as well. That's mental game of love, the mental game of the exercise of relationships. Or are they out there just like, I'm going to explore relationships through the physical, 
through connecting through the raw energy of sexuality. And so then that tr attracts them to be these types of people who are going to go out there and be with multiple partners, whether it's polyamory and it's accepted by all partnerships, or they're just out there and they really want to know what every flavor is. <laughs> and they just want to, this, that's their exercise in life. That could really be how Venus and Gemini manifest, that they want to explore the physical nature of sexuality beyond their monogamous relationships. But most of them wouldn't get into it if that was the case, because that's a whole other conversation. But what I want to make sure that you take away is, sure, your partner could have some of these indications, but you've got to see, hey, is my partner evolved? Is my partner capable of this? Is my partner looking to explore more? And then also understand like there are limitations for some people. Like some people have a Neptune energy that makes them very vulnerable to attracting women who are predator or men who are predator who are, whether or not they're in a relationship, I'm going to make them cheat, which is the case with one of the uh, charts we're going to analyze. I'm going to make this person cheat, or I'm going to find a way to get into this relationship mm -hmm. with this person. And from that sense of, and I say predator, not in a negative, oh, they're evil, whatever, but definitely in a way like, you know that this person is in a relationship, but yet you are still after them. And when you see that in a chart and you're the only person that they're with, maybe you should ask, are they in another relationship? Is they, are they like this with everybody? Or am I just, or am I the special case? Because a lot of times you might not be, no offense, the special person in the relationship if it's somebody pursuing, because by the end of it, you might end up, I, I think it was a French movie, I can't, Lady J or something like that. And he's pursuing this woman and he ends up just leaving her at the end. And it, what was the point? This is anticlimactic. But anyway, we move on. Let's yeah. go on with our next. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for bringing up all those like indications because catching a cheater or even dealing with cheating when it happens in a relationship, it takes into account all these different types of factors. And it's not as black and white as you would think. So the first celebrity on the hot seat, so to speak, would be Tristan Thompson. And so he's a big celebrity point of discussion lately when it comes to cheating. He's been caught cheating numerous times. And I'm going to look to see what in his natal chart, like what I thought would be indications of him potentially cheating or having the capacity to potentially cheat. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's free will that really causes somebody to do that beyond the needle chart. And when it comes to Tristan, there's a lot. I'm looking at my notes of him and I have a lot highlighted. I don't even know where to begin when it comes to Tristan Thompson, but let me start from the top. His Venus and Mars are problematic for me based on my things that I avoid in Venus and Mars when I look at guys' charts in my case. So with Tristan, his Venus is in the sign of Aries. So that could definitely make him like really passionate. That could probably draw people to him for sure. But it could also make him impulsive in love. And Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So it's really the sign about starting, but not necessarily completing. So Tristan may love to start relationships. He may love like that chase, that beginning part of it, but then following through and having that stability and faithfulness may not be in his wheelhouse. Is he capable of building those skills? Sure, through free will. Then his Mars is in Gemini. And so those are one of the indications in the chart that are like my bugaboo, like it's Venus in Gemini, but even worse, Mars in Gemini, in my opinion, just because Mars is the sign of desire and going after things. And Gemini is a sign that's scattered and all over the place. But on a plus side, 
Gemini is the sign of gaining information and having different experiences and learning. That can make Tristan, with having a Mars in Gemini, that can make him very fickle and wanting to have a variety. So in time, if he wants to be faithful, he can know that energy and know how to work with it. Or maybe he decides polyamory is better for him, or he succumbs to the Mars in Gemini energy. But yeah, my the Venus and Mars, in my opinion, for Tristan Thompson is catch a cheater alarm that would go off at least in my own head then but yeah but i just want to say with venus with that venus in a, in the aries he's great at starting relationships he yeah. gets them hooked yeah and that's the very aries energy yeah and then the Mars energy is he can really be, he's just stimulated by people's minds, people's energy and their thoughts. And he really just loves connecting with others, whether it's physically in that sexual nature or it's emotionally or mentally. He's very motivated by people who are very smart and intelligent. And I get that feeling from watching the Kardashians that Chloe's probably one of the smartest sisters, but she also is one of the most vulnerable because she's so open to yeah. so many new thoughts, to so much new information and things like that. So yeah, that, that's what I have to say about Mars and Venus. <laughs> yeah. So is it bad? Nothing's ever bad in astrology. It's just things that could indicate certain things. So with his Venus and Mars, if you're looking for somebody that's going to be stable and faithful, Tristan's Venus and Mars doesn't naturally lend to that right off the bat, it, at least in my opinion. Then when it comes to Tristan's aspects, he has some challenging aspects when it comes to not that many, but he has two challenging aspects that involve his Venus and Mars that I think could lead him to potentially cheat. So his sun is square his Mars. So his planet of action, Mars, and his planet of identity are in challenging aspects. So that can make him very impulsive. It can make him prone to taking chances. It can make him act and then think later. And that might happen in some of his cheating situations where he was like caught in the moment and then afterwards, he's probably like, shoot, like, I, I do love Chloe, or I do love whoever I am with, but this happened. Then on top of that, Venus, the planet of love, is in challenging aspect with Neptune, the planet of illusion, the planet of idealism. So that could mean that Tristan could be prone to being disillusioned or getting caught up in illusions when it comes to love, like maybe not really seeing what's there or maybe also getting caught up in a moment. He's just, he just seems caught up like from all his, from like his chart. But then he also has some really good Venus and Mars aspects, like his moon is sextile Venus. So I'm sure that's also what adds to him being able to start a relationship, like being really charming and with his venus sextile mars that probably makes him like very attractive to potential love interests and just attractive as a person and very like affectionate and romantic so it's not like he's all bad where he's just like this douchebag and somehow he gets chloe and somehow he gets the girls like he has that swag people still use that word like he's definitely an attractor but the follow-through is not his forte in my opinion and then what else is there oh and then chiron the planet of internal wounds or inner wounds is square his venus whenever somebody has a challenging chiron venus aspect it could really lead to challenges in relationships it could mean being more avoidant in relationships or even giving giving in relationships and never feeling like you're doing enough and it would be interesting to do a side episode down the road on Tristan and Chloe and their dynamic and why they were drawn to each other and why they're still drawn to each other and why they created a family together but I can see that being the case maybe in the dynamic with Tristan and Chloe where I'm sure when he first 
cheated on Chloe. I'm sure that created lack of trust on the side of Chloe, which I don't blame her. But then afterwards, he was probably trying to get back into her good graces. And he probably felt like nothing was ever enough. But then it's like, you can't blame Chloe for still being guarded. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's like he's prone to tough love challenges when it comes to maintaining a relationship. And then series, which is the asteroid of nurture and motherhood is also opposing his Venus. So that could mean maybe he might have a, a tough time balancing being given attention by a love interest when they also have a child. And that's probably something he's had to deal with the mothers of his children, not being able to be the center of attention as much because the woman that he's dating or has a child with is also focusing on their child. Or it could mean that, or it could also mean that having, being nurtured and being a parent is also a way that he balances his love. Like it goes hand in hand as well. And that could also explain why he's very drawn to being a father. But that's actually, it's not as much as I thought as far as, yeah, as far as his chart, it's not as bad as I thought, but he does have quite a bit going on where I'd be like, he's got enough. It's the combination, man. Yeah. it's That's what I keep saying. I'm like, it's not one indication. It's several. It's Venus is in Aries and that lends to it. And Mercury is also in Aries and that lends. And Aries energy is starter energy. It's not finisher energy so it's very much not thinking about the consequences mercury and aries and not thinking about how his love interest would be affected by his decisions venus and aries and then of course there's two oppositions that i want to take note of with saturn being directly opposed by one degree to jupiter and it's this battle between opportunity and doing the right thing. And so his whole life is going to be about that, whether it's in his professional life or it's in his love life and his romantic relationships. He has a lot of opportunity. He's a professional basketball player, but then he's got his commitments. You know what I mean? He probably comes from a more traditional background than what he's exposed to on a daily basis. All of these basketball girls, let's call them, who show up on the stands and who know his power, know his wealth and try to take advantage of that. And that gives him a sense of, wow, like I'm very attractive. I'm very attracted to others. But he also has his responsibilities, whether it's his children or to his lovers or to his relationships. He's got responsibilities to take care of. And that teeter-totter between the two is like very difficult. However, I do want to take note, and I would never victim blame, a lot of his like you said, with Ceres, like I'm saying with Jupiter, needing a lot of attention. Jupiter and Leo is a lot of attention seeking. Chiron being in Cancer is a lot of wounds around whether or not I'll have attention. And it could be that Chloe being a person who's a mogul, who's multimillionaire, who does a lot of things outside of her relationship, it could be that she either does not give him his probably unnecessary level of attention (laughs) or that she is the type of person who's, no, you get what I can give you. I'm not going to ignore my child for you. I'm not going to stop seeing my friends for you. I've got other things to do. And there's a certain type of person who un- who wants to be enveloped by love, who wants to be drowned in it. And it's, could he be that type of person being that Venus is also an Aries, you have this person who's like very passionate and fiery about love and very passionate and fiery about what it means to be in love, but not necessarily understanding like outside of that relationship, other things are happening. Other needs are being fulfilled. Other people have to be dealt with. And so he could be the type of person who might need a lot more attention than normal. And that could what lead him again, another indication of shooting could lead him to find it outside of his home. Because like I said, men in certain situations are cheating because they 
are trying to stay in a relationship and that level of attention may not be provided in his relationship. So again, I would never blame someone for not giving him enough attention because with Jupiter and Leo, it could be on an unnecessary level of attention that he needs. We all know our Leos, no offense. Yeah. But it could be an unnecessary level of attention that he needs. And it's at the end of the day, is she going to drop everything and run? And would that even keep him faithful? That's something else you have to realize. When you have people who, to a certain level, this is toxic in your life, you can't just drop everything and run and take care of their every physical and emotional need because there are other things going on in your life. And you don't deserve to be put in a situation where you are drowned out by the love that you're in. Because at the end of the day, that's obsession. That's not love. Hopefully they have a balance. And Chloe definitely probably seems like the person bringing it to their relationship with all of her responsibilities and stuff. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think, I guess time will tell if Tristan and Chloe work out, it doesn't seem like they're going to work out or if even Tristan will enter a relationship or if he's meant to be single forever. But one thing that's interesting to me is Tristan's Venus is an Aries, so very much about igniting love. But his Juno, the asteroid of long-term relationship is in Capricorn, which is a very like stable kind of power couple type of sign. I think for him, what works in a long-term relationship is having that stable partner that's going to provide security. He could be like a power couple with or, or that could establish like a home life or would support him in his career. But but then the challenge is that he's so fiery and how he loves that. How can he balance the two? I guess that's something that he would have to learn. I wonder if he already went through a Saturn return. He's in it. He's in it. His Saturn is an Aquarius. So he's in his Saturn return. Chloe, wait. If you want to, if Chloe wants Tristan for the rest of her life, which I don't know, she, it seems like she's over it, but we always think she's over it and then they're back. She needs to wait till 2023 for Tristan to be ready. And then what sign is... What house is, is his Saturn in? I didn't take that down. I don't believe, I don't believe he's got a time. I haven't oh. seen the time online, but it just oh. depends. Yeah. I would assume it's the seventh house, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but either way. <laughs> that's just my opinion. That's not real life. Regardless just because Sagittarius is his fifth house and he has had a lot of success. Yeah. So I would assume that Saturn would be in his seventh, but I'm only making an analysis off the cuff. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. But regardless of where the Saturn is, it's always best if you want a stable relationship to wait till after the Saturn return. I think for some people, it's not the case. I'm just speaking from personal experience, <laughs> but so that's mm -hmm. Tristan. Let's move on to our next celebrity cheater or alleged cheater and that is i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly why don't you pronounce it because it's shakira's soon-to-be ex-boyfriend it's just gerard i would just say gerard piquet but you could say geraldo piquet like whichever one you want geraldo it's geraldo is gerard so it's the same word i'm gonna do gerard i've been in canada too long to pronounce it hispanic. <laughs> in a hispanic way piquet i know everybody calls him like piquet like they just call him by his last yeah, name yeah he's a famous soccer player and they just call him piquet yeah. Before uh, a lot of our viewers may be familiar with him, I think more people are familiar with Shakira. But yeah, Shakira and PK recently broke up. And allegedly, I don't know if it's been proven, but allegedly it's because there was cheating that was involved. And I don't know if this is true or not. Like I know, Stella, you and I have deb not debated this, but wondered about this. I think I had heard that at the time when Shakira and PK first met or started going out, he was seeing somebody else. So I don't know if he ended up cheating on that person to go and date Shakira, which I mean, it sounds horrible. I wouldn't blame him. Like Shakira is beautiful. Or if that relationship ended and then he ended up dating Shakira, but either way, 
PK and Shakira were together for a while. Who says no to Shakira? That's the first question. Who says no to Shakira? Second question. Who cheats on Shakira? Hello? Hello? I'm beside myself. But yes, I believe he was in a relationship before he met Shakira. And it was a very long-term relationship, if I'm not mistaken. And this is all allegedly. I don't have all the evidence in front of me. Yeah. But this is a classic case where transits matter. (laughs) Pay attention to your daily transits. Get a calendar. I think I've downloaded something called Celeste. And it lets me know where the stars are, where the planets are, according to the moment that I'm in. So when I'm really pissed off and I open the Celeste app, I'm like, Oh, it makes sense. Mars is in my ex-house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm upset about things. I should calm down and have a, a Snickers bar or something. Yeah. I don't know. But that's yeah. just a joke, guys. But with this yeah. person, with poor PK, the story is that he actually moved out of his house. He's moved in with his lover. There was another person that he was connected to called Boom from Brazil. I don't even want to get into that. I'm sort of, yeah, her name is Boom Boom. Literally. I- that's what they call I don't know that's what they call her online and apparently there was some sort of rumor that she was talking to him as well this is allegedly but there's no allegations in the fact that he did move out of his house the entire Spanish media community knew about it and apparently Shakir was the last to know and I'm just like you have enough you know what I mean that's really sad but all of this happening when Jupiter entered his fifth house Oh, what oh, in oh. God's name? Like Jupiter transiting a fifth house it could mean more fame, more money, more extracurricular activities. And in this case, more romance and love. Yeah. And it could have been that at the moment that he was looking for that sort of romance and love, she was maybe writing a new album or yeah. doing a new thing. She famously has a song that was that hit number one in the charts this year, all about how, what's the words? Look how fake you were. Everything you did was fake. That's the translation, not literal translation. Yeah. That's basically the translation of the song. So I'm sitting here like, yeah, she's got a message there. And it's like that type of energy when you see that transiting in your lover, for example. It's the time when you want to step up your game. And what are we doing romantically? Are we doing enough? You know what I mean? Do you have enough of my attention? Because you also want to make sure as you're seeing your partner's transits and your own transits, like how, what sort of things are they not being fulfilled in? And Gerard might have seen himself like, I'm with an international superstar who is love the world over, who has the, like a bomb ass body, bomb ass personality, whatever it is, but she doesn't love me or pay attention to me enough. And so sad face, but I don't know the personal issues in their relationship. Of course, that's the sort of thing that lends to this transit being positive or negative. At that moment, when you see someone with Jupiter in the fifth or even in the seventh house, you want to make sure, hey, are we having enough alone time? Are we doing enough things together? Are we doing enough romantic things together? And even then, personal free will is like, ultimate problem. This person doesn't understand his own emotions. And even then North Node and Mars and Moon are in that house. So it's connected to his emotional motivation and maybe being feeling sexy as a person. That's the energy in his life because it is his North Node is in the fifth house. So his sexuality and his romance probably are center stage when it comes to how he's living his life. And does he have enough of a romantic life according to what his definition of it is? And that would be anybody that you analyze with fifth house activation with north node Mm. do you need a deep romantic life to feel fulfilled or is their fifth house about having children and being fulfilled in having children different things for 
for different people. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. And again, like a whole episode on Shakira and BK would be so interesting because I think from articles I've read online, even astrological ones, people felt like BK and Shakira were well-matched and they were in certain ways, like their Sagittarian, Aquarian kind of ways of being explorers and being intellectual and thinking big picture. But at the end of the day, there's other factors that come to play in a relationship that are more foundational than just pie in the sky, big ideas. But I was going through my notes of PK to see any indicators that I thought would potentially make him a cheater. I had a lot to highlight. I think even more than Tristan, now that I'm looking at all of this. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down for PK. PK is an Aquarius. And I think Shakira is also an Aquarius. So yeah, they probably really saw eye to eye. And But Aquarians also can be detached and they need their freedom and all that kind of stuff. So they can be very logical when it comes to how they approach relationships. Not so much ride or die, I love you at all costs. But again, a sun sign only tells so much about a person. You have to look underneath. But when it comes to his other planets that really t- play a role in love and relationship, they're in air and fire signs. So his moon is in Aries. So I have a bugaboo against Mars and Gemini. If I see Mars and Gemini, I run because I already know from personal experience that's not going to work. Moon in Aries is also, I've been burned by moon in Aries. It burns dating somebody that has that. Like when somebody has a moon in Aries, their emotions, what they feel, all of that, it's all based on them. It's like they only have a me first perspective when it comes to what they're emotionally invested in. So they're not as it's possible, but they're not as likely to think about, well, how would the other person feel? Or let me rack my brain to see how the other person would, the moon is all about emotion. So it's, yeah, moon and Aries, they're very me first, I think. That's just my, that's just my take, my. And this one is moon and Aries at zero degrees. So it's like, he's just learning, oh, other people have feelings? There are consequences for my actions? Yeah. <laughs> that's literally the life of a moon in Aries. <laughs> yeah, don't even. If you have feeling in your soul and you date an individual that has moon in Aries, I wouldn't say run, but be cautious. Be very cautious. I would run, but I also like, I just don't have patience for anything anymore. So then we just get- ask questions about how they interpret other people's needs. And definitely take them out on a date to see how they treat the waiter because Mm. these will be people who do not care about other people's feelings and it will be obvious especially when they consider someone beneath them let's say wait staff I'm not saying that's the case because I don't believe that but they would see someone who's taking care of their needs as someone who's beneath them and you would be very easy to see hey if he's easily treating someone like that what would happen to me as their wife or their husband that's like instant you get an answer about who this person is with moon and aries <laughs> yeah for sure and then getting to pk's mars and venus again in my opinion problematic depending on what shakira's chart is which that's a whole other episode but pk's venus is in sagittarius which could make him very optimistic in love it could make him even like very compassionate not compassionate but like loving in a sense just yeah like nice in love because sagittarian i'm a sag rising sagittarians they're nice but they're also like very 
tell it like it is. And also Sagittarius is the sign of freedom. It's the sign of expanding horizon. So I'm sure like when PK first met Shakira, he was at that time like a famous soccer player, but probably not to the status that he is now because he was starting out in his career. And here he meets Shakira, who's like an international like superstar. And she probably opened a lot of doors from him, not for him, not only because of how famous she is, but just because of how intellectual and open-minded and interesting she is. So he was probably very drawn to that. But but Venus, again, it's a fire sign, Venus in a fire sign. It's not going to be like the ride or die if the conditions are not all to the liking of what he needs. Then Mars and Aries, like his Mars is like in overdrive basically by being an Aries. Like when I think Mars and Aries, I think actions that are taken for his own self-interest, actions that might be impulsive, do now think later. And then his Jupiter is in Pisces. So he has Jupiter in its ruling sign. His Jupiter, the planet of luck, is in a really good spot. We don't know what, wait, we do know what house it is in, right? Because we have his time of birth. So his Jupiter, it's mm-hmm. in the fourth. Okay, so and I guess that would, I guess in Placidus is in third, but whole signs fourth, I think. But yeah, that would give him luck. Yeah, it may not affect love life as much or directly. Probably would give him luck in his home and things like that. But Jupiter and Pisces, like, I can imagine somebody with such a strong Jupiter, they think they're just capable. And then his Venus is in the first house, which would probably make him very attractive because Venus is so pronounced with it being on the first house. I wonder how close to it his ascendant it is. So 14 Sag, it's not super close. His Venus is not right on the ascendant, but it's in the first house. So it could either, with Venus being in the first house, it could mean that he could attract somebody that's very me. Or he could be like that. But either way, that doesn't make for working. That doesn't make for a natural environment of working together for the benefit of the relationship. So that's a challenge that I think he would have to face in long-term relationships. It's like the ignition would be there, but making it last and knowing that a relationship, it goes beyond what you want. It's what the relationship needs. Taurus is on his fifth house. So he probably is romantic, very sensual. Fifth house represents love, but also creativity. His Venus is in Sagittarius and his seventh house has the sign of Gemini on it. So that could mean that, again, he probably needs like an intellectual compatibility to be drawn to somebody, but it could also make him fickle in relationships. I also have Gemini on the seventh house and I'm not that fickle in relationships. So it's not a lost cause, but there's just so much other air and fire when it comes to things indicating how he approaches love and relationships that it's just, yeah, like it could lead to just unexpected things. And then he has certain aspects in his chart, most notably his Venus conjunct Uranus. So his planet of love is right next to the planet of the unexpected. So it could mean that he needs a love interest in an unexpected way, or it could mean that unexpected love opportunities come about. And with his impulsive nature, he might act on to those unexpected opportunities that come his way, but I can go on and on, but those are just like some of the things that I noted in his chart. Yeah. And I'd like to add just the, just at the tail end, like there's a lot of indications of a person who is either very selfish or very self-focused. It could be different. It could be that he is able to give to others, but it's like his needs would overcome or trump other people's needs. First of all, Venus being in the first house, the fact that Chiron is in the seventh house where he's really, there's a wound around whether or not he's found the right person who can really give to him the way he decided to give or whatever that case may be 
Moon is also in the zero degrees in the fifth house. So it's a lot of his emotions have to do with how he interprets the love that he's in and how he, even Moon being in Aries and then Mars being in Aries is also very personal house, very personal sign in a personal house, the fifth house, and very focused on the self. These two planets focus on what motivates me and what also gives me drive as well as my emotions. So there's a lot of indications of someone who's very self-focused. And so these decisions about cheating, and that's where you could really look at the whole chart as a whole. When you're looking at your significant other or potential lover, which again, I would always recommend synastry readings if you need it. But at the end of the day, if there's a lot of indications of someone who's very selfish, definitely sit down with them, have a conversation, test them, ask them questions about what they think of others. He might be someone who likes the life of luxury, definitely with all those planets and Sagittarius in the first house and is very happy to live in that sort of luxurious wealth type of energy, as well as having Jupiter in the fourth, which also indicates wealth. Happy to live in that, but then how does he look at those who serve him? How does he look at the people around him? How does he even look at his wife or his hu- or their husband? Is that person just a, a person there to serve him and serve his needs and his purposes? And that's another thing with, with people who cheat in general. It's not so much about the cheating itself, but about the needs that they're trying to fulfill. And if it's someone who's evolved enough to tell you, hey, I don't feel like we're in a good place. Can we work on this? Or is it someone who would just go and rent an apartment for their lover, like it is alleged Piquet did, and then go live with them and leave his home? You know what I'm saying? And like that, even saying that, I'm like, oof, that hurts. Like, how could he do this to such a person? But we don't know what's going on in the background. We don't know what it's like to live with Shakir. We have no idea the inner workings of their relationship. What we do know is we have a chart and the chart indicates someone who has a lot of indications for being a little bit more selfish than other people. And this is another place, I think we spoke about Saturn in the first house in another episode, but Saturn in the first house also makes you question a lot. It makes you very worrisome. And when it comes to the fact that it's in a sign of the first house, which is a personal uh, part of your chart, as well as conjunct the Venus and Uranus, you're going to have someone who's very focused on, are my needs being fulfilled? (laughs) Do I feel like this is positive for me? And there's either not enough sex or there's not enough emotional support or there's not enough physical support or it's just too dramatic or there's just too much drama in my life and I don't feel that it's worth, even if I have all this money, it's worth living this way you have someone who would make that decision. But again, free will. Would they not work on it? Would they not find a way to help this person? Would they actually do it amicably instead of being immature, which unfortunately moon in Aries doesn't indicate maturity either. Just throwing it out there, guys. I'm just reading the chart. I have nothing biased like our friend over here, Nayeli, with her personal experience. But Moon and Aries in fifth does not indicate someone who's thinking about other people. That's it. <laughs> that's, so, that's it. Yeah, no. And I think also what I noticed from PK's chart is that I agree with you, Stella. I think there's just multiple indicators to show that he's very me focused and he may not be as grounded. I don't think he really has a sense of home. I think he is an explorer like Shakira, but probably to the point that being like in the house with the two kids and like the white pick offense may not be his jam. PK, his lowest element, so his weakest element is earth and earth is all about being grounded so he may not be as grounded he may not be as practical he's been able to reach this fame and fortune but it's through his physical ability of being a soccer player and so that could also lead to challenges in maintaining a relationship long term and then as well 
with his aspects, he has no oppositions in his chart, at least between planets, and he has no inconjuncts. So mo pretty much his planets are on one side of the chart, on the bottom left, like on the left side, which the left side of the chart represents self not other so the right side of a chart represents other people that take others into account the left side of a chart is all about self so again another indication of him being about himself with him not having inconjuncts or oppositions between planets in his chart that would indicate that he does not have the natural ability to compromise or to put himself in somebody else's shoes and make decisions or go through a thought process that would allow him to see how the other person is feeling. So again, very self. And then he has two T-squares in his chart. So one of them includes his Chiron, which is in the seventh house of relationships, his Jupiter, which is in the third house of local community and thought process and communication, and Saturn, which is in his first house of self. In his life, his relationships, his own needs and also where he lives, his local community and how he thinks are going to be at odds with each other at certain points. And the balancing act for him is the ninth house, which is all about expanding horizons. So him expanding horizons, moving on to the next thing is where he finds balance. And but it could also be his saving grace. It's all about how he uses that ninth house. If he's going to just use it to escape every time he has a problem, escape to his mistress's house or whatever the case may be, or escape to another country, then that will lead to certain results. But if he uses the ninth house to really develop a life philosophy for himself and find out what is the meaning of life for him, then he might become a little more evolved. It's going to be a hard road because he has a very self centered natal chart. And then his other T-square has his moon in Aries, which we've already mentioned its issues. And it's in the third house, his Neptune and Capricorn in the first house and his mid heaven. So that T-square leads to having to balance where his thought processes, his local community, his sense of self and his career. And the balancing part for that is his relationship, which until very recently, his romantic partnership was with Shakira. So I'm sure she brought a lot of balance between him being able to balance where he lived, how he thought, his career, and also his sense of self. So she was probably a very pivotal figure. But at the end of the day, he has that other T-square to deal with. So he's just very scattered, very self-centered. And could he end up being in a committed relationship one day? Like he has been. He was with somebody for a long period of time. Then he was with Shakira for a long period of time. And who knows the next relationship he'll be in. But if he wants to be in a long-term committed relationship, there's a lot of stuff that he would have to work on in regards to finding out what his sense of home is, finding out what his meaning of life is, and learning that there's more to a relationship than meeting your own needs. So. And also why she never decided to marry him, because I remember one interview, she said, basically, I'm his perpetual girlfriend. That yeah. makes sure that he's always staying in line. And I was like, that sounds like a bad strategy. <laughs> does she also had that past boyfriend before pk that she dated i think for around 10 years as well and they never got married but they were pretty much in essence married yeah but he was also a, a, a serial cheater yeah serial cheater. I feel, I feel, so I, I, like yeah. that was a whole other problem that was a, yeah so she attracts <laughs> cheaters who knows why or maybe we should just analyze her chart one day maybe we'll analyze hers and who's Tristan Thompson's girlfriend, uh, Chloe's, and also the next chart we're going to enter to an analyze, which is actually Amber Heard's chart. Yeah. So we could keep a little bit of balance. We'll analyze a woman's chart 
who's yeah. been allegedly in extramarital affairs. Yeah. But with, so, yeah. But with Amber, it's interesting because I don't know as much about her extramarital affairs, but it seems like she, it's not so much that she cheats on her partner, but more predominantly, it's like, she's the other woman dating a guy or a woman that is in a relationship already. And she's like the side piece, you know what I mean? So what are your thoughts, Stella? Is she more like the cheater or is she like the perpetual side piece? We have another Aries activation in her chart. There's a lot of things going on in her chart that indicate cheating, but she's also got a lot of parts of her chart that indicate like illusion. So there's a lot of illusion around what she's doing. She's also got Jupiter in Pisces as well. So there's like a theme going on with everybody. If Aries is activated, Gemini is activated, and we had this whole discussion last time, is she a Taurus rising or a Gemini rising? And it's if she's a Gemini rising, then Chiron's in her first house. There's so many indications, but with Amber, I truly feel like it's more of she's trying to live a life of freedom, especially with Saturn in the free house of Sagittarius. So she's pretty much, and it's retrograde, so she's pretty much rebelling against the structures of society Mm -hmm. and what it means to either be in a relationship or not. And we're looking at this from a completely different point of view. Like when we were analyzing her chart, we were comparing it to Tom, Johnny Depp Mm -hmm. and what's going on with them. But she's, ever since that moment that they've had this back and forth, there've been a lot of questions astrologically. What leads to her doing all of this? What leads to her being this sort of malefic type of person? And it's just Mars and Neptune being together. I always say to people like, there's a lot of illusion about what sort of power they have. And then there's a lot of illusion around how much power they have. So in throughout the issues within her relationship with Johnny, it was always like, is she or is she not cheating on me? And so she would rein him in by making sure that he knew that everything was okay, allegedly. But at the end of the day, it was all figured out all throughout their relationship, whether it was with Elon Musk or whether it was allegedly with Clara Delevingne and all these other people, there's always been a question of her fidelity to Johnny Depp. And then there's the extra question, was she the one who broke up Johnny Depp's relationship or was it already broken up? Yeah. And so being someone who has, like we analyzed in the last time, Mercury in Aries, she really was someone who we were like, this is the type of person who's not thinking about others, who's not really able to conceptualize how her communication style is affecting people and is going to be someone who ultimately her long-term projections are just not going to turn out the way she, it's just not going to come out the way she thought. But yeah, what do you think about her chart and cheating and things like that? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because when I look at how people approach love, I look at the Venus and the Mars and she has both in earth signs. So that right off the bat would give me an indication of, oh, when it comes to how she approaches love and sexual drive, it's probably very grounded. But then when you look at all the other things in her chart, like some of the things you've already mentioned, Stella, it almost counteracts or like negates the earthy Mars and Venus that she has. So she has her Jupiter and Pisces. Expansion is something that naturally comes to her because she has a very strong Jupiter with it being in its home sign of Pisces. We don't know what house it's in just because we don't have her time of birth, but depending, she's going to naturally attract luck then she's got her aspects it's really and then her mercury and aries like you mentioned her thought and communication it's very 
incipient, like she ignites things, but she doesn't follow through or think about what are the consequences. With Mars and Capricorn, it can make her actions like have an end. Like her action always has, I wouldn't say a strategy because that's more Scorpio, but like, when she takes actions is for her own success. Capricorn is also a money-making kind of sign. She does look out for her own self-interest. I think it's really her aspects. But you're aspects not wrong. Like, you're not wrong that it's like Scorpionic because it actually is sextile Pluto in Scorpio. Oh. So it could be that connection of Mars, Neptune, sextile, Pluto, and Scorpio is all a strategy to put the smoke and mirrors in front of herself. And she's also a very beautiful woman. She's got Venus in the sign of Taurus. And it's in its own sign. And Venus and Taurus women are just stunning. Absolutely stunning. They stupefy the mind. Like mm-hmm. it cannot be expressed the first impression you get when you see someone with Venus and Taurus. But with that grounded energy of Venus and Taurus and the grounded energy of Mars and Capricorn, you've got the illusionist Neptune next to Mars. You've got Uranus in Sagittarius. You've got Saturn in Sagittarius. You've got Pluto wrecking things in Scorpio. And then the moon is in Libra. And it's it's like moon and Libra is going to attract like super negativity. Any really, any planet in Libra is someone who's going to accept a lot of BS or a person who attracts people who accept a lot of BS. So you're going to be that type of energy where you're like, oh my gosh, like I have to forgive him again, or I have to be forgiven again. Please forgive me. Please. You remember all the videos we saw of her begging to be forgiven for whatever situation was going on, whether she cut off someone's finger or not, allegedly. And, you know, that moon Mercury opposition, it's just a teeter totter between like my communication style versus my mind. And like sometimes my communication style doesn't necessarily express what I truly feel or vice versa. What I truly feel isn't what I express. So I'm hiding something, always hiding something, always doing this. Mm -hmm. And all of this to the fact that Capricorn is at the top. Capricorn is square both of those planets forming this sort of trine where you're like hello this person is lying to you and they're good at lying to you and they're doing it to manipulate you please don't fall for it even if their beauty is a part of that illusion yeah yeah I think I her Venus and Mars are in grounded are in earth signs but I think that's where the groundedness ends everything else is literally smoke and mirrors it's like air and fire it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a forest fire it's like the smoke after a forest fire her weakest element is the air element so that could mean that she's not very logical or objective in how she approaches things like she could be very emotional she could be very set in her ways she could be very fiery but when it comes to seeing the big picture and seeing how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and how other people may think and feel that's not her natural inclination. And then another bugaboo that I have. So I have my moon in Aries. I have my Mars in Gemini. And I also have, if anybody has more than two to three retrogrades, be on a, a be, be vigilant. I wouldn't say be on alert, be vigilant. Amber has four retrogrades. I think that was like, yeah. So that's a thing too. People that have a lot of retrogrades in their chart that could lead to deception. Because retrograde, like when a planet goes retrograde, it goes backward, it goes a little bit haywire. And that all leads to if somebody has a lot of retrogrades in their chart, 
then they may not be what they appear to be. With somebody that has more than three retrogrades in their chart, there's more to the story and you need to figure out what it is because it may be good things underneath and it may not be good things underneath. So that's another thing too. It's just it, her being is very much about appearing a certain way, but then it's not like really the full story. Mm -hmm. And when you look underneath, there's confusion and possible deception and meeting her own needs as well. And so that could lead her to being open to having an affair but i think more likely her being open to being that side piece if it means just doing what she feels like in the moment or having some sort of advantage of being with an individual in power regardless of whether that individual is in a committed relationship or not and regardless of how that individual significant other would feel about her you know about amber being with their partner so yeah, exception yeah and i want to just say the last thing i want to say about amber is just like her north node at the 29th degree of Aries, Aries is a very selfish energy. It's a very self-focused energy. And it being at the last degree, sort of her incarnation in this life is going to be about how do I get beyond myself? How do I get beyond who I am? And the things, not only that have slowed her down or the things that are in her way, but definitely how does she then build to create a life that is stable because it's going into Taurus. And so in this manifestation, she has the opportunity to look beyond herself, to look beyond her needs, to be able to evolve to the next level. And the grace is that she had a child because a lot of indications in her chart say she knows what she has to fight for now that she has a child. Mm -hmm. And it's there more to life than the petty, lower level, lower kind of energy stuff that you've been involved in before. And that the world that you're building, where a lot of these rumors are centered around, whether it's underage people being taken advantage of, or the rumors around whether or not she's been manipulating people or using certain videos against people. There's a lot of different weird rumors that are going around that if they're not true, it's horrible. Nobody would want that about them. But unfortunately, she's the person who has like we said in the last video about her, she has Mercury in Aries and her communication, whether it's from someone else or herself, is going to be difficult in this life if she doesn't learn. Make it about others. Focus on your philanthropy. Focus on how you can serve others. Even if it's from a selfish perspective, how you can help other people. Focus on other people because it's always going to come out wrong when you are trying to be the person getting ahead of others, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, with yeah. that's the thing with natal charts, it gives you the starting point of a person. But at the end of the day, it's the person's free will to evolve past those things and move towards positivity. And the good thing, too, is the natal chart can also give indicators on the approaches people can take to evolve in the ways that will benefit them. And so if you want more information on Amber Heard and the context to a lot of the things we're mentioning about her, definitely check out our episode on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, because that will give you like a little more context on the things we've mentioned today. But that's our third celebrity. And I also want to say, if you would like your own chart reading yeah. or sinistry chart reading, please take talk to either of us, send us a message at Astronatic or at Bella Star Astrology. My expertise is in romance and in romantic relationship and evolution of your astrology to help you to better yourself as a person and to use the transit to your advantage, let's say. And then of course, Nayeli is a deep focus diving into your chart. So hit us up if you would like your own 
chart reading. So, yeah. yeah. And I highly recommend definitely getting a sinister reading from Stella. I do it whenever I have a love interest and it has saved me a lot of grief and given me a lot of perspective, regardless of whether it's doing a sinistry on somebody I'm considering to date or dating or somebody that I've broken up with and I want to get closure on either way. It's so helpful. So we'll wrap it up by giving our last takes. You've probably heard our interpretations of these three different celebrities. And there's a lot of things that we've put your way of indicators in these three individuals needle charts that could have led to them cheating. But in a general sense, here are some tips to look for. Cause you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, is everything in a natal chart going to indicate that somebody's a cheater? And no, do not. <laughs> um, like Stella mentioned, learn more about your chart, learn more about your love interest chart, get a synastry reading. Nothing is ever set in stone. It's just like the foundation pieces and it's conversation starters to have with your significant other on things to address. But my tips to look for in a natal chart to start thinking about whether fidelity or cheating may be an issue in the future is anything that's like like any kind of sense of lack of stability in somebody's natal chart are things I look for. So if somebody doesn't have enough earth elements or enough of a fixed modality, that could lead to somebody that's wishy-washy. It could, doesn't have to, but it could lead to that. Also in this episode and other episodes, we've talked about parts of the natal chart that could indicate somebody's like hurt or wounds, whether it's the asteroid Chiron or certain aspects of the chart. Looking at that, that can lead you to know if you or your love interest have any traumas that could lead them to approach relationships in a way that could be deceptive. And even if the indications are in a chart that somebody could be a cheater based on things you heard in this episode, does it mean that somebody is destined to be a cheater? Not necessarily. Free will is always the main denominator. And then on the flip side, if somebody doesn't have any of the indications of cheating in their natal chart, does it mean that they're still capable of cheating? Yeah, anything is possible. So we're catching cheaters in this episode and we're giving you tools to get better at it. But anybody is capable of cheating. Some people just have more foundational tendencies to do it, but the best antidote to not so much end cheating, to end deception, that's the main thing, right? Because people can have extramarital things that doesn't necessarily mean cheating and people can be emotionally cheating and not physically cheating. So the main thing is like, how do you prevent deception and hurt in your relationship? And that's about learning more about yourself, learning more about your love interests and addressing any potential red flags that come up in a needle chart. So that's my Yeah. Tip. And I would always say, ask questions, especially as females. I've noticed in the charts that I've read, the people that I've helped, many women are just afraid to ask those questions because they're afraid of losing a potential love interest. Yeah. But if you get a sinister reading, I have a thousand questions. You can ask somebody who has a certain aspect that could indicate cheating that you can sit down and have an evolved conversation about. But if you are not in a place where you feel comfortable asking, or they're not in a place where they feel comfortable answering, perfect red flag. It's hello. You're not ready for that commitment or they're not ready to be able to live up to that commitment. And that is the number one indication of relationship failure is just not being ready to commit to someone. And if you're not ready, you're just not ready. Don't hold it against them. Don't be vindictive. Don't be angry. Don't throw pots and pans. They're a person. They're an individual man or woman who's just not ready to be there for you. And the easiest part of the relationships are the questions you have before you commit to each other. That is the easiest parts because once you get to moving in together is not the time to get a sinister read. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like once, and if you are worried about your person of interest, you can still get a sinister reading. But at that point, you want to have a more common sense conversation. What are your needs? Why do you feel I'm not giving you enough? Why do you feel you need to go out of this relationship to find what you need? What is it outside of the relationship that they're even looking for? And maybe they're just not into being with you anymore and definitely ask all the questions you can before you commit to someone <laughs> yeah. and i know i'm always like the person that gives the polyamory like fyi because even though i'm not polyamorous i want to give them a voice some people cheat because they're trying to fit the confines of a monogamous dating society and so sometimes that could be the case where the person isn't necessarily a bad person or deceptive but they're just trying so hard to be in a monogamous relationship and like it's hard and so those are things to know about you and your love interest as well if you're strictly monogamous and that's your thing and that other person doesn't have those inclinations then it's like thinking to yourself okay can we compromise on that or is that a deal breaker and it's better to know that before you get in super super deep but yeah highly recommend sinistry readings if everybody if every couple had a sinistry reading the world would be a better place and oh and something that i thought of the other day that i was telling a client i was like basically it's a lifestyle matching and that you should look at your lifestyles are your lifestyles compatible lifestyle choices are i don't want children <laughs> as opposed to maybe i want children eventually that's flexible but if you're with someone who's, I don't feel that monogamy is necessary, that's a lifestyle and your lifestyles are not compatible if you believe in monogamous relationships. So start with your lifestyles first, even before love, even before romantic partnership, like start with, is this person's lifestyle compatible to mine? Yeah. And can then we move into that deeper realm? I thought that was a great advice that I gave you the other day. So. Yeah, it could be hard to ask those questions. I know I've definitely been in that pitfall, not so much now, but like back in the day, I wouldn't raise concerns or anything because I was so afraid of losing somebody. And what I've learned is if you're not even asking the questions, you've already lost them because you're not finding out who you are and you're not finding out who they are. And and you're not getting the information and making the decisions you need for both of you, the both parties' best interests. Like you just got to ask those questions and we can help yeah. and other practitioners can help because, you know, there's the question of how do I ask the questions? It's scary. And then once you get past that fear, it's like, what questions do I ask? So it's so cool, Stella, that you have those questions available that you give in your coaching sessions. So for anybody listening that wants to find out more about how do I have those conversations to know what I'm getting myself into with a certain relationship and also to know how I can continue to make it better once I'm in the relationship? Like definitely check out Stella's work because yeah, what she does with especially relationship astrology is amazing. Yeah. And it's fun. I love relationship astrology. I talk about it all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for watching today. We're so excited for you to give us feedback on this. So please write in the comments. Have you experienced cheating? What indications did you see in your cheater's chart? If you have analyzed their chart, if you're interested in sinistry readings or personal readings, please get take advantage and hit us up. Let us know. Send us a message. And good luck with your love lives. This is like one of the foundations we'll be putting this into the romantic relationship astrology playlist that we've put together for you. Good luck, guys. Thank you. All right. See you next time.